International Baptist College is a dynamic ministry of Tri-City Baptist Church in Chandler. IBC offers three Bachelor of Arts degrees and four graduate degrees. The professors at IBC desire to teach students how to think, live, and lead from a conservative biblical worldview. Whether you are pursuing a degree or laying a biblical foundation for your life, IBC will mentor you into ministry. Please check out our website at ibconline.edu or call 1-800-IBC-4858 for more information. Consider your ways. Is God using the circumstances of your life to get your attention? God uses circumstances to seize attention. We've all been in a situation in which God jolted us through some sort of life circumstance so that we would look toward Him and evaluate our present condition. Celeste Montague. Welcome to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, featuring the teaching of senior pastor Dr. Kevin Shaw. Dare to Stand is on the radio to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to all who will listen, to carefully teach the truth of God's Word, and to encourage a healthy lifestyle of worshiping and honoring God. For more details about Dare to Stand or the ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church, please visit www.daretostand.org or call the church at 623-581-3115. You can receive a free MP3 copy of today's message or the entire series in MP3 format for a small fee by contacting the church. Today we continue our study in the book of Ezra as Dr. Shaw talks more about the process of accomplishing God's will and God's plan, how we all struggle with distractions and circumstances and even self-deception as we make decisions in life. We are in a study of the book of Ezra, and our context for this message is God's people are distracted and deceived about continuing their mission to rebuild the temple and their lives back in Jerusalem. This is after the Babylonian exile. Got all that? Okay, let's just listen. Here's Dr. Kevin Shaw with part three of a message titled, Consider Your Ways. Self-centered it doesn't consider the will of God in decision-making processes. It sometimes pretends to but can be disingenuous at heart. We can deceive ourselves. Let's just take a rather simple one. Man, I think it's God's will for me to buy a new car. Because I just saw, you know, that new charger or whatever it is. I, I mean, I just saw it and I really like it. And so, do you, do you know how you do this? You start going into this mental gymnastics to talk yourself into why this is a wise investment and a good choice. Now, it might be that getting a new car is a good choice for you. But the question is, are you being honest with yourself? Well, you know, it's getting to 100,000 miles and it's going to start nickel and diming me. Uh, I, that that might have been that way 50 years ago, but cars today go a lot longer than 100,000 miles. 
In fact, a lot of them are just broken in. So, you know, you start, yeah, well, it's really ugly. Yeah, I know. It, you know, should I fix it? Should I get, am I, am I really being honest with myself? Self-centeredness is evidenced through worldly standards and decision-making. In other words, the standards by which we make the decision are based on a worldly way of thinking. The worldly way of thinking is more money is always better. Higher status is always better. Worldly way of thinking is, for instance, work is the priority and everything in life else in life sort of comes after that. Yeah, I mean, that, is that a godly standard or not? And so we start using the world's standards, the world's expectations. You know, um, you know maybe you take the, the sports thing. You know, everybody's in sports and we're going to take our kids as far as they can. I, I, you know, most kids in this room are not going to become professional football players or soccer players. And, you know, committing their entire childhood to that endeavor might be a distraction. So, but that's, but that's what the other kids' parents are doing. So we start doing it because they're doing it. Self-centeredness is evidenced by a me-first attitude toward God's will. It will respond to God when I finish doing what I am doing now. Jesus even addressed this issue in the book of Luke chapter 9. In the book of Luke 9, let me just read this. Starting in verse 59, it says this, And he said to another, Follow me. But he, the other person, said, Lord, allow me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and, do, and, and preach the kingdom of God. It doesn't mean that his father died and he hadn't yet been buried. Okay, that's not what Jesus is saying. He's talking about caring. I'm going to stay here until one generation is passed and then I'm free. Another said, and another said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand at the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. So here, the point is here that we tend to think like human beings think and not like what God expects of us. So are you self-centered? Next question of this, is God getting your attention. Now, that's an interesting... Let's go back to um, Haggai 1. We go back to Haggai 1. The question here... I was trying to think about how to state this point because I, I was going to say, is God trying to get your attention? But I hate to use the word trying to with God. Okay? Does that make sense? Because what God determines to accomplish... He usually is accomplishing. So the question might be this. Are you refusing to pay attention to God's attention-getting measures in your life? So let me just read here. Now therefore, saith the Lord of hosts, verse 5 of Haggai 1, Consider your ways. Now what does that mean? Think about your life. Take a look, an honest, deep look, at how your life is going. See, isn't it interesting how often we live our lives 
without really paying attention to where we're going. It's sort of like, you know, you got in the car and a group of people got in the car with you and you just started driving and you didn't pay attention to where you're going. You're just talking with people and you're, you're having a conversation, a good time, and you, you're really not paying attention to where you're going. And so you, you, know, you drive north, you're going to Camp Ironwood or something, and you take a right-hand turn instead of a left-hand turn, and next thing you know, you're in Flagstaff. You say, how did this happen? Because you're, you're not thinking about what you're doing. You're just living it. And so this is, this is what he says. He says, consider your ways. And here's what he says. You've sown much. And bring, you, put a, you put a lot of the seed in the ground. By the way, sowing seed is an act of faith, isn't it? Because the same seed that you sow could feed you. So you have to take a portion of your food that could feed you, and you have to put it in the ground. And hope that the rain comes and the water comes and the sun shines and the, and the hail doesn't fall and the wind doesn't blow too hard and all of that will come up. You have to, that's an act of faith. Now he says you've sown much because we tend to think, you know, I'm going to sow a lot of seed because if you throw, sow a lot of seed, you get a lot of crops. But only a little bit comes up. So, now that, the math didn't compute. See, what happened? You've, you've sown much, you bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. So you sow a lot, and not much comes in. And then when you eat, it doesn't satisfy you. It seems like you just never have enough. You're never satisfied. You're never full. Notice what it says. You, you drink, but you're not filled with drink. You're not satisfied with drink. You clothe, you put on clothes, but there's, none of you are warm. He that earns wages, earns wages, and they put it... I'm sorry, this just sounds like you, right? Um, You earn weight, and you put it in a bag, and it's like the bag is full of holes, and when you go home, it's all gone. People identify with this, right? You go to the store, and eggs are over four bucks a dozen. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Now notice this, at the beginning of this little illustration. He says, consider your ways. Sowing a lot, not much. Get at home, not much there. Eat, doesn't satisfy. Drink, doesn't satisfy. Put on clothes, can't stay warm. Consider your ways. Is God using the circumstances of your life to get your attention? we can all agree that God uses circumstances to get our attention. God knows how to get our attention. You're listening to Dare to Stand with Dr. Kevin Shaw as we study the book of Ezra and part three of a message today titled, Consider Your Ways. Dare to Stand is a radio outreach of Northwest Valley Baptist Church. Please visit daretostand.org for more details about Dr. Shaw's church or this radio ministry. Now here's Dr. Shaw to talk about an addiction recovery ministry also going on at his church Northwest called Freedom That Lasts. Hello, this is Kevin Shaw. Are you or someone you know dealing with the agony of an addiction? You cannot change what you do until you let God change who you are. 
Freedom That Lasts is a discipleship ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church that applies the life-transforming principles of the gospel and Christian growth to the problems of life-dominating sins and addictions. All of this happens in an atmosphere of love and accountability. If you would like to know more information about this important ministry, give us a call at 623-581-3115 or visit our website at daretostand.org. Go to the homepage and click the Discipleship Connections button. Thank you, Dr. Shaw, and please contact Northwest Valley Baptist Church for more details about the addiction recovery ministry called Freedom That Lasts. Call 623 623- Five eight one, three one one five, And now, let's get back to Dr. Shaw as he talks more about how God uses circumstances in our lives to get our attention. God uses circumstances to seize attention. We've all been in a situation in which God jolted us through some sort of life circumstance so that we would look toward him and evaluate our present condition. Sometimes this is by means of a single dramatic event. And normally we get those things. Other times, it's through continuing, deepening futility. And that's what he's describing here. God uses circumstances to chastise. There's a crossover between chastisement and seeking your attention. After all, chastisement is supposed to get your attention and help you grow. Chastisement usually is a level beyond simple attention-getting. And every believer has felt God's chastising hand at one point or another. So the question is this, for you to ask of God about your life, is he getting your attention? Let's take a look at the next question. Have you considered what is ahead? Go up to the mountain. Verse 8, bring wood. Build the house, and I will take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified, saith the Lord. You looked for much, and lo, it came to little. When you brought it home, I did blow upon it. You, you wanted to, you're going to try to have, you have big plans. Gonna, you're going to have lots of money, and the business is going to be big, and you're going to, you know, just like James says, go to now ye that say, I will go into such a city and continue there a year, and buy and sell and get gain, but you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow for your life is what? It's a vapor, continues for a little while and vanishes away. He said, you looked for much, it came to little. When you brought it home, I blew upon it. God can just blow upon it, make it go away. Why, saith the Lord of hosts, because of mine house that is waste, and you run every man to his own house. Now notice he says, he says now we're going to look to the future, and here's two future possibilities. You can continue on in the same futility that you have been doing. We're doing the same things, going through the same processes, or you can obey me, And I will take pleasure in that obedience and it will bring blessing upon your life. So it's, you're getting the focus off this present, except to to see where my present steps are taking me in the future. You know, it does help us to look down the road some. You can stay on track now if you look down the road some. Farmer stays on track with his tractor at least used to. Today he does it by GPS. But he used to look down to the end of the, the road and pick out a tree or something at the end, end of the row and then focus upon that tree. We were, I grew up the generation that we rode our bicycles everywhere. 
Maybe you're one of the generation that rode bicycles. We rode, I mean, it was, it was a kid's means of transportation. And you got pretty good riding those things. I found that I could ride my bike a long way on the top of a four-inch curb. And I could do it for a long distance. But you know how I did it? Not by looking down at the curb. Because if you look down at the curb, right off you'd go. You had to look ahead. And focus ahead. And keep your eyes focused ahead. And then you could stay on track. And so we look ahead. You have, to ch- have you considered where your choices are taking you? Because here's the second. Consider your ways. Think about your life choices. Look ahead to see where you're going. We don't often consider this. What will we wish we had done? Look at both paths ahead. The path of disobedience and the path of obedience. And he says, consider your ways. Look ahead. Here's what obedience will look like. Here's what disobedience will look look like. And then respond obediently. He says, verse 10, Therefore the heaven over you is stayed from dew. The earth is stayed from her fruit. Man, we've got global warming and drought and things going on in the world. Do you think maybe God's trying to get the world's attention? You say, man, if we just drive electric cars, it'll fix everything. <laughs> that won't keep us, that won't keep God from trying to get our attention, right? And I called for drought upon the land and upon the mountains and upon the corn and upon the new wine and upon the oil and upon that which the ground bringeth forth and upon men and upon cattle and upon all the labor of the hands. Everything is harder. Everything takes more energy and more effort. From the animals to the work to everything. He says, I, God can make Our lives, God can make life for the world much more difficult than it is right now. And all he has to do to do that, by the way, he doesn't have like you have to be mean. All he has to do is sort of take back his hand of blessing. Then we come to verse 12. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltiel, and Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet as the Lord their God had sent him. And the people did fear before God. Then spake Haggai the Lord's messenger unto the Lord's message, uh, in the Lord's message unto the people, I am with you, saith the Lord. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltiel, the governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and did the work, did work in the house of the Lord of hosts their God. So how do they respond? First of all, they got a picture of how big God is and how small they are. And the first response was that they feared God. They listened. They considered. They repented in their hearts. Now, I think it is fascinating. When it says they feared God, there's no real description of here of moaning or groaning or, or fasting or tearing their clothes like, like the Ninevites did. But they began to think about God and began to honor and reverence him in every moment of their lives. And then they did something really simple. They got to work. They just, they just got to work. 
You know, I, you could preach, I could preach different types of messages. Maybe preach a message on giving. So let's say, say I preach a message on tithing. And so preach this message on tithing and asking people to consider obedience. And maybe there's, let's just assume that I'm preaching to a congregation where the vast majority of people are not tithing, they're not obeying God with regard to their, their finances. And so we give an invitation and we say, you know, come on down and repent. And, you know, it might be just as good to give an invitation and say, here's the offering plate, preach the message on tithing. Now, do it. Right? Because moaning and groaning and weeping and crying but not obeying is still disobedience. What's what's amazing about this revival, and this is a revival, is revivals are characterized by God's people putting God in the right place and then doing what he asked them to do. What a great definition of revival from Dr. Shaw. God's people putting God in the right place in their lives and then doing what he wants them to do. Stay tuned. Dr. Shaw will be back with one of the most beautiful promises of God that he makes to us. You're listening to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry outreach of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, where our teacher, Dr. Kevin Shaw, serves as senior pastor. Northwest Valley Baptist Church is located at 4030 West Yorkshire Drive in Glendale. That's just south of the 101 at 40th Avenue. Sunday worship service is at 930 a.m. Adult Bible studies and Sunday school for all ages are at 11 a.m. And Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. Child care is provided for all services. Wednesday evening activities include prayer meetings, children's and teens programs. Northwest Valley Baptist Church also offers a quality traditional Christian education for your children, grades K through 12, at Arrowhead Christian Academy, located right on the church property at 40th Avenue and Yorkshire Drive. For more details about the church, kids programs, this radio broadcast, or to register your kids for Arrowhead Christian Academy, please visit www.daretostand.org or call 623-581-3115. If you enjoy listening to this radio program, please consider supporting Dare to Stand with a tax-deductible donation of any amount. Visit daretostand.org and follow the link to the church website at nwvbc.org, where you can also download free copies of Pastor Shaw's sermons. And call us at Northwest and let us minister to you personally in any way we can. Call 623-581-3115 today. Remember, you can listen to Dare to Stand on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. on this same radio station. And you're always welcome to visit Northwest Valley Baptist Church in person for Sunday morning services at 9.30 a.m. and Sunday evening teaching and discipleship at 6 p.m. I'm Celeste Montague, encouraging you to tune in next time as we continue our study in the book of Ezra. Now, here's Dr. Shaw with a beautiful promise of God that is ours forever. Do join us next time for more, right here on Dare to Stand. Now, some of the sweetest words you see in Scripture are this, verse 13. 
Then spake Haggai the Lord's messenger in the Lord's message unto the people, saying, I am with you, saith the Lord. How precious it would, would it be for you to get up tomorrow morning and to lay out your day before God. I'm going to go to work and I'm going to do this task and this task and I come home and I'm going to pay these bills and I'm going to buy this plane ticket. I'm going to do, you know, all the things that you're planning to do on a particular day. And God says, I'm with you. Wouldn't that be precious? Wouldn't that be sweet? That's what he says to them. I am with you.